Today I want to um, follow on from what we've been looking at over the past couple of weeks. Um, we've been thinking about um, fear and anxiety and the things that make us fearful or anxious in the world today and how we handle those fears and those anxieties and what the Bible has to say to us about those things. Well, today it might seem like a complete contrast in what I'd like to look at, um, but I think it's really important for us at this time. I would like us to have a brief look today at courage. What does courage look like? Often when we think of courage, we kind of think of some superhero character who's got some uh, massive muscles, dressed in lycra, who's um, go, sent off to, um, you know, riddle the, the world of the baddies and to set the world free and save the world. However, the dictionary describes courage like this. The ability to do something that frightens one. Bravery. Bravery and courage go hand in hand. It's about overcoming fear rather than just being a courageous, let's just get in there and jump in and do it kind of person. Mark Twain, you may have heard of Mark Twain. He was the author of Huckleberry Finn, um, something that you might have watched when you were younger. Uh, he famously wrote, courage is resistance to fear, mastery of, mastery of fear, not the absence of fear. It doesn't mean that fear's not there at all, but it's about overcoming those fears and how we do that. A courageous person isn't someone who goes through life without being afraid or without experiencing fear. A courageous person is someone who's learned how to control their fear and then does the right thing despite feeling afraid. It's overcoming the fear that we all naturally have. Every day at this time, we are witnessing um, courage on display. Um, on our televisions, we're seeing the courage of the Ukrainian people, the young men who never dreamed that in their day they would have to put on a uniform and go to war, putting their lives at risk for the good and the peace of others, for the, to, um, for the good of their country. However, I think that some of the real strength and real courage is actually found in the faces of the thousands of, the, of mothers who are cradling their infants, cradling their babies, their little ones, as they walk miles through their war-torn home, their war-torn country, to find a place of safety. Or the mothers hugging their children as they find safety and shelter. Um, in the makeshift shelters in the city. The mothers, children, young people standing freezing at the borders, waiting for a place of safety. Or just trying to keep toddlers entertained as they hide in the underground train stations. This is a story of heroism. That is the extreme courage that we are witnessing day by day on the news in our world as we see this situation unfolding. But there are other kinds of courage too, the kind of courage that we need day by day. There's moral courage. You know, moral courage is when we choose to do the right thing, even though it might mean that we face difficulty or face consequences or opposition or some kind of flack for doing it. 
Showing moral courage means being an honest person. It means that we live our lives with integrity. There's that word that we looked at just a few weeks ago, living with integrity. It means that we don't sneak an extra item into our waitrose bag without scanning it and trying to, to get out the shop without anyone noticing. It means that we don't join in with gossip when we hear other people running someone down. It's that moral courage. We don't cheat. We're faithful. We remain faithful in our relationships. And moral courage is needed today more than ever. We all need moral courage. And there's one character in the Bible um, that needed moral courage more than any of us, and that was Paul. Paul had a calling. He was called to a life of courage. Paul wasn't afraid of the things that you and I might be afraid of, the things that made, uh, make us fearful. He wasn't afraid of death. He wasn't afraid of facing difficulties. He wasn't afraid of facing opposition. The only thing that seemed to make Paul really afraid was the fear that he was disobeying or hurting God, not doing what God was asking him to do. How is it possible to stop a man with that kind of heart and that kind of relationship and determination to follow God? The answer is you can't stop him. You can't stop him. You don't. And that is why God um, used Paul so powerfully. He used him in such a powerful way. And that is why Paul transformed the world around him and why we still talk about Paul today. And yet he still went through times of great discouragement. Paul had his heart set on returning to Jerusalem and he was a determined man. Even though um, he had been warned that it was going to be dangerous returning there, um, that didn't deter him. And sure enough, when Paul went back to Jerusalem, he was arrested and he was thrown into prison. He was found in a place of difficulty. He needed moral courage. And Paul was then brought before the Sanhedrin to give his defence and he defended himself. And Acts 23 verse 11 says, The following night the Lord stood near Paul and said, Be encouraged, or as another translation says, Be of good cheer. As you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify about me in Rome. I wonder if you have a friend who you just love being around because they always seem to have some incredible story of something that has happened to them during the week. You know a friend that just seems to um, attract drama and calamity wherever they go. There's always something going on. I have several friends like that. I'm not going to tell you who they are today, but several friends who I look forward to catching up in the week because something has always happened. There's always been something that's happened. Well, Paul was this guy. He was this guy. Something was always happening. There was never a dull moment with Paul around. There was always something going on. And in particular, on this evening, he seemed to be discouraged. He was discouraged because there was something going on on this evening. How do we know that? Because God came to him and said to him, be encouraged, be a good cheer, be encouraged. So what is God saying to Paul in this dark moment? What is it that Paul's saying, that God is saying to Paul here? 
How could he be cheerful? How could he be joyful while sitting in a cold, dark, damp dungeon all on his own? How could he be of good cheer? You know, I always, if I'm honest, want to maybe hit someone when they say to me, come on, cheer up. You know, if I'm feeling a bit down, cheer up. You know, it might never happen. Well, what if it has happened already? Okay, and I'm feeling low. That's the worst thing that someone can say to me is, come on, cheer up, be of good cheer. Telling someone to cheer up when they're at their lowest point is probably the worst thing that you can do. And actually, likelihood is you'll just make them feel a lot more miserable. Jesus wasn't here simply saying, come on, Paul, cheer up. God wasn't saying to him, cheer up. A better translation of what God was saying here is be of good courage. Be of good courage, Paul, be of good courage. And this little phrase of good cheer or be of good courage is used several times throughout the New Testament. And the first time that we read of this little phrase is in Matthew 9. And in this story that we read in Matthew 9, we have um, this man who was paralysed and he was brought before Jesus by his friends. His friends took him right before Jesus. And when Jesus looked at this man, he said to him, son, be of good cheer, be of courage. Be encouraged. Your sins are forgiven. Then Jesus told him, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. And the man did. And this fantastic little story gives us a perfect illustration of how God works time and time again. God does his part and we must do ours. God offers us forgiveness, but our part is to receive it and accept it in our lives. And it also shows us that God's power, it's his power that is the source of all courage. His power is there in your time of need. If you're wondering if you can withstand the trial that you're facing right now, the trial that you're facing at this moment, don't be afraid. Pray for power. Pray for God's power because God knows you and he understands you. And one of the most beautiful promises that we have to each one of us in the Bible is that he will never give us more than we can handle. His power gives us the courage to face any situation. You know, sometimes during the week, I get the opportunity to speak to people and they're going through some situations which are just horrific. And I look at them and I think, how are you keeping going? How are you getting through that situation? And then I ask myself the question, would I be able to do what they're doing? Would I have the strength and the courage to get up each morning and face this situation day by day? But you know what? If God asks us to do something, then he will give us his power and his strength to do it. That's what God promises. God is with us in the good times and we rejoice and we celebrate and we enjoy those times where we're in the season where everything's good, life's good, we're on top of the world, our relationship with God is, is, is absolutely brilliant, then we rejoice and we enjoy those periods. But God is also with us when we're in the difficult times. And that is what God is saying to Paul here. I am with you wherever you go. Be encouraged. You are not alone. What the world needs more than ever right now is a people that are full of the Holy Spirit, a people of courage, willing 
to go in the direction that God leads them, wherever that may take them. That's what the world needs right now. And my prayer for us here at Shiloh is that we would have the courage to make those decisions, to go where God is leading us, to make bold steps and courageous steps to take us in the direction where he is leading us. Let's be a courageous people today.